looked at the last two weeks, uh, receiving the blessing. And uh, the next two weeks, that's what it's about. It's receiving uh, this gift at Christmas time. Uh, as we focus our attention on Jesus, we have 11 more sleeps. Hands up for the shopping's done. Christmas cards sent. Does anyone actually send cards anymore? Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, turkey ordered. Christmas dues done. Nearly. Any more Christmas dues to be had? A few. Good stuff. And I've gotten the list here. Christmas jumper bought. That seems to be the latest thing. I, I see a number. Folks, if you're wearing a Christmas jumper, please stand. Right now. Give us a twirl. Oh, come on. There's more. There's more. There's more. Come on. There you go. There you are, there's Santa. You never see, cease to amaze me, Andrew Adams. Wonderful. No, I won't be wearing one next week. No, that won't be happening. <laughs> I did wear a Rudolph suit. Did anyone see that? <laughs> I love Facebook. <laughs> when Chantelle was trying to take pictures, I was going, go away, go away, go away. She took about six of the back of me or my hand. I said, you dare put any of those on Facebook? And she has. She's disobeyed. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Not that she's ever obeyed, by the way. <laughs> um, there's John Noakes. We're, uh, we're candle three of Advent. And uh, Advent literally means the coming. The coming. It's this countdown. The Advent calendars that our children have with the chocolates. Not that we had chocolates when we were opening the calendars, but there you go. It's this coming, this anticipation. And uh, for us, for many of us, I'll be honest, for me, it is that we're nearly there. Oh, boys, we're nearly there. Just for me, uh, part-time teacher, part-time pastor, it's like I'm just looking forward to the, to the week. And then we're, oh, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. There's that feeling, isn't there, of so much that needs to happen. And yet our time here and our devotional time as individuals in preparation for the real meaning, the coming of Jesus. And our, our hope and our prayer has been that in this season that you deeply experience the love that Jesus has for us. We've looked the last two weeks at receiving the blessing that Jesus is the way to the Father. And last week we talked about receiving the blessing that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And that he came that we might have peace. And so this week our theme is receiving the blessing of the bread of life. Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Uh, as a PE teacher, uh, I've taught other subjects, uh, maths and geography and health and social care, and uh, a, a couple of other subjects that we have in school called PSHE and citizenship. And a citizenship uh, class. I remember teaching this once. We talked about wants and needs, and the children would receive a photocopied sheet of 20 different wants and needs, and a and a picture of them. And they range from things like food and uh, medical care and mobile phones and the latest Nike trainers and stuff like that. And they had to cut them all out and then kind of list them. These are the needs of a human being and these are the wants of a human being. And they had to kind of categorize them. It was quite interesting, actually, because you'd think the top of the need bill was the mobile phone. And that became the need. 
And yet we broke down and taught through the lesson that the basic needs for us really are things like shelter and their food and their water and their clothing. They're the most basic kind of human physical needs. And yet you can easily argue, and the point we're trying to make this morning is there are basic human needs like love, like belonging, like purpose and identity and affirmation. You see, at our most basic, we are mind, we are body, and we are soul. And our bodies require food. They require food to be nourished and to be filled. And yet, we also need... Um, I've lost myself completely. I'll just move on. Here we go. This is slick. Jesus is the bread of life that fills us. I've been talking to the kids, our kids, lots over the last uh, few weeks or last few days really about what is it that you're looking forward to most about Christmas? And they kind of share different things. And I said, I always tell them, I said, do you know what daddy's looking forward to? The food. I just love the food. And thankfully, my wife is a very, very good cook. And uh, I'm on dangerous grounds on what I'm about to say. But her mum's even better cook. And, uh, and we love to go there. She just cooks just fantastic Christmas dinner. And I love all the trimmings. Don't we like Christmas dinner? What's our favorite on the plate? What is it? Call it out. Stuffing. Stuffing. What else? Brussels sprouts, turkey, the ham, the pudding, yeah, roast potatoes in goose fat, it's got to be goose fat at Christmas, yeah, anything else, no one's mentioned my favorite yet, because I keep them going, I heard sausage, sausage, what do you call them, pigs in blankets, that's what we call, yeah, great. They're my favorite. Absolutely love them. And I, I love that bit. And it usually gets to about the time the Queen's speech when you can hardly move. And really all you want to do is kind of lay down. And it's not really gluttony. I guess it sort of is, isn't it? But there you go. Jesus loves to come and to fill us in a different way that food fills us. Jesus is enough. He is enough to fill that part of us that needs to be filled, that God-shaped hole that we often talk about. And if we don't fill it with him, we fill it with other stuff. Jesus is the bread of life that fills us. And he's also Jesus, the bread of life, that satisfies us. So we've agreed that we need to be filled with food, but there is a big difference between being filled and being satisfied. One of our children, if you know us well, um, has a limited range of food items that will go on his plate. He is a fan of chicken nuggets and chips. He is a fan of a certain type of breakfast cereal. And the repertoire is fairly limited in between. Now, to him, he's more than happy to have that seven days a week. And I'll be honest, we failed. As parents, we have been rubbish when it comes to trying to do that area, despite lots of lots of attempts. For him, he is more than happy with being filled with that kind of food. 
But to us as the parents, you kind of feel a bit like, oh, we really would love it if you'd eat something else. We would like that because actually it's not a great balanced diet. And you need to have all the other, you know, the five a day and all the rest to satisfy the vitamins and minerals. So although the stomach's being filled, it's not satisfying without the whole range of different foods that we are meant to have. Likewise, our souls need to be satisfied. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And boy, do we try and fill them. Boy, do we try and satisfy a dry and thirsty soul. And one of the key areas of our needs is the approval, is the approval of other people to be recognized and to be satisfied. But if we don't have the approval of God, we actually seek approval and recognition from other people. And for years, there have been times when I've looked to the approval of other people. And I'll be honest, there's time to time I still find myself going down that road. For me, it's been the approval of someone in position or authority, a boss, a church leader perhaps, a, a manager of a, of a sports team. It's wanting to be seen by them. It's wanting to be recognized by them. It's wanting to be validated and hear their voice of approval. And I'll be honest, that, that's, that's been it for me. For several of us, there's that element of being people pleasers looking to just please absolutely everyone which is impossible when we started out this church I had to lay that aside and go do you know what we are never going to please everyone and neither should we because actually that's sinful to want to do those things because at the end of the day there are things that we do leading the church that upset certain people and that's just the way it is sadly for the other people but also that's a, that's a part that we have, certainly I've had to get a place to. I, tough. Uh, you know, sometimes those of you, you're in roles of leadership in your own workplaces, being uh, in charge in many ways is signing up to being ugly. You're going to be misunderstood. And there's that kind of uh, element of what you have to do there. So I've been honest with my stuff. For some of you, you'll resonate with those things. But for others, it could be other ways uh, that you seek approval. Who do you go to to get it? How do you get it? And what does it look like? One of the ways that I've noticed uh, people seeking approval is, is through Facebook. Um, people who write things about how brilliant they are and what they've achieved in life. And everyone writes all these comments about how amazing you are. Now, hear me, hear me right, like, you know, I'm not being a, um, you know, a killjoy and all the rest. You know, if there's something to celebrate, you stick it up there and absolutely. But you know the kind of people I mean? On the, on the other side, you've got the folks who say, oh, I'm having such a bad day. And then everyone writes, oh, what's up? How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm not doing great. I'm not feeling very well. Oh, hope you feel well soon. You know, you hear me, you hear me I'm, I love Facebook. But it's that whole thing of like seeking the approval and the, the, to read all the comments that kind of come underneath it. And, oh, that makes me feel better. 
oh, what such and such, oh, that really, oh, great. And I get that, right? So I'm, I'm making a point here. Um, and the point really is this. The approval and the satisfaction of God is enough. Is enough. And should be enough. But we get sometimes distracted and into the trap of looking to others for that. The bread of life that satisfies but also sustains us. Jesus is the bread of life that sustains us. He is enough for the journey. He is enough for the race. Stephen McAllister in our church ran the Berlin Marathon just a number of weeks ago. And he experienced the awful feeling of hitting the wall. Hitting the wall is when uh, you literally run out of gas. The glycogen stores in your liver and muscles are depleted. And you have one fuel source left to keep going and it's fat. And fat requires more oxygen to be broken down and released into energy in order to keep going. Are you not impressed? <laughs> huh? I'm seeking approval now, aren't I? You just, thought, you just thought that I just taught boys how to kick footballs, right? I'm seeking all your approval now. Anyway, but that, that feeling of, of literally running out of gas and yet still having to keep running, it's an awful feeling. And yet, Jesus is enough. He's enough to sustain us for the journey. This life that we're in is a journey. It is a race. And he is enough to sustain us and to keep us going. Cast your cares on him and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. For some of you, 2014 is a year you will want to write off. And you are looking into the new year. You are hoping it's, the future is brighter and is better than the past. But know this, that he is enough. He is enough to fill you, to satisfy you, but sustain you. He is the energy that you need to keep you and to carry you into the future and into the new year. So this Christmas time, would you receive Jesus, the baby that comes, born in Bethlehem. Jesus, the one who says, I am the bread of life. Last week, we took communion. And perhaps we should have taken it this week. It would have been better planning on my part. But as we take of the bread and of the wine, we remember, don't we? Remember Jesus. Remember the broken Jesus. The bread of life. And I would just encourage you, as you leave today, as you go home and you have a piece of toast or you have a bread roll or a panini or whatever it is, a bread item, and as, as you eat that, just remember, remember, I am the bread of life. I am enough for you. I am enough. I am enough. It's the one who fills us and satisfies and sustains us. As we were praying before the service started, um, I was just reminded of uh, a phrase from one of the worship songs that we sing. And the line is this, there's an army rising up. And folks, we, we've talked often about church and what we think Jesus, the groom, is saying to us, the bride, the church. 
is that we are a hospital. We love it. We absolutely love it that people come and you come as you are and you're allowed to. We so hope that you're allowed to be who you are and what God has made you and whatever season of the soul you are in right now and to worship him and just give yourself to him and to do that without judgment of anyone else that we would gather alongside you and hold you and embrace you and walk the journey with you we love it we love hearing stories when Jesus the healer heals we love it that God has called us to be like a hospital, that we get our needs, we get our, um, our healing from him. But going back to the line, our armies rising up, we don't stay sick forever. We get to a place of healing and wholeness. Not that we'll probably ever be completely, or maybe we will, this side of heaven, I don't know. But God is rising up an army. As I look out and I know you and I know your journeys and I know your stories and I know your heart, I know your passion. God is doing an amazing thing with us. This army is rising up. That we become not only a hospital, but that we go. We go to a place, to a culture, to a society, to our town. And we go feed the hungry. That we go give it away. And we're not just talking about those who are physically hungry through our food bank, which we think is absolutely brilliant and give to it. But those who are hungry in soul, those who are hungry for more than life is giving them, that they, we go to them and we say, do you know what? Here is the bread of life. We go and we give it away because that's what God has called us to.